You're listening to Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that usually we talk about movies that just came out, but today we're talking about a movie that just got real popular. This is uh, Contagion. We're talking about Contagion in the wake of the current situation, so if that sounds like a really bad time, maybe hang on for this one. And otherwise, uh, there's not much to spoil in this movie. We do give a spoiler warning, and like we're super self-conscious about it, so, I mean, we're looking out for you anyway. Anyway, enjoy this, uh, enjoy this episode about Contagion, Steven Soderbergh's movie from 2011. And um, here's some of the music from Contagion, because it is really cool. You're listening to Classic Movies Live here on Heatwave Radio, the pre-recorded podcast where we talk about classic movies. And today's classic movie uh, has gained a little more relevance in 2020. Um, so yesterday, Pierre and I watched Steven Soderbergh's 2011 movie, Contagion. And uh, Pierre, you, you had a pretty good summary of this movie. Do you want to give us that summary? Sure. Uh, so yeah, we follow... The Mac 14 virus again. I don't know. That's what if that's what it's actually called. Um, as it starts off with patient zero, which turns out to be Gwyneth Paltrow, who takes it home from Hong Kong to America, and uh, essentially she dies. Ah, damn it. Well, I guess that a spoiler. Like, it's, it's kind of the it is kind of the first thing that happens. So it's a little yeah. bit of a spoiler, but like barely. On honestly, yeah. this movie is. I find this movie very hard to spoil. It was it's pretty. So, it was, real yeah it's it's this movie is like okay there's a literary movement we had to study in high school called german naturalism and like all that is is in in these books they'll follow some plot but the point of it is that they want to write down literally every second of detail like everything happens and this movie is kind of close to that obviously it's not literally every second because this movie happens over probably a year or a year and a half mm. but it's yeah. um, very, it's very thorough yeah, I guess, yeah. it is well, maybe not a, maybe not a full year maybe it's more like six months to a year but this movie just sort of documents what happens uh, we were talking about this earlier and it plays out very much like a documentary yeah which i think was a stylistic choice there's very little um i would say like narrative building yeah, stuff kind of happens and the movie follows some interesting ideas of what life would look like after a virus hit. Um, yeah, so um, the way this movie plays out is there's like five or six different plots that all sort of connect, but not really. Um, so you're following Gwyneth Paltrow and her uh, husband, Matt Damon. And then and also two or three different groups of doctors. There's Marion Cotillard, who's one doctor in uh, She Goes to China. Um, there's Kate Winslet, who's like a doctor who, she basically discovers the virus, more or less. 
Mm-hmm. Um, who else is there? Oh, there's Jude Law, who's a conspiracy theorist. He's fun. Uh, yeah, there's Lawrence Fishburne. Who's like, he, he's, I'm not sure what he is. He is a doctor, but he seems more like a medical director. Like yeah, he's, he's I think the wasn't guy he the head who, of the CDC or CPC or some CDC? He's, he's either the, the head of the CDC or he's the head of the CDC's team that's working on MEV1 is the, what the virus is called. Yeah, something like that. Um, I feel like there was one more, but... I mean, I remember uh, Brian Cranston was in this, but Brian, Crins- but Brian <laughs> Cranston was like... He A was very limited role. Old, and he was only ever in Lawrence Fishburne scenes. Like, he was very tied into Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, when he was in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, what do you think of the movie, Jeff? I mean, it was super heat, man. It's, it's really good. This movie is... Of the movies I've seen by Steven Soderbergh, I think this is probably the best one. I don't know that it's my favorite, um, because Ocean's Eleven is just a lot of fun. But, like, this is... Of the ones I've seen, again, the best one for sure. Um, but also, uh, I sort of regretted watching this when we did. Uh, for one thing, we, uh, we watched it over Netflix Party is what it's called. And there's a group chat. And uh, the group chat was constantly just updates on the current actual virus situation, which is already <laughs> pretty depressing. But like then this movie is very realistic. Like it's not exactly what's playing out now, but it's very close in a lot of ways. Yeah. So and, um, um, well, this movie I guess is... it's kind of like the what we have now, but taken to the very extreme, honestly. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of things that I noticed that I'm like, well, that isn't that isn't happening and won't happen. But then there's a lot of other things where I'm like, well, in a couple of months, this could be where we're at. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, so it's kind I mean, of like bittersweet. Is... Well, not bittersweet mm-hmm. at all, but I guess you get what I mean. It's just like it was a really cool movie, but then yeah, the the current context felt a little weird. Yeah, um, it's. I remember. I think I did watch this movie before, but I watched it a long time ago, and I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. I was way younger. It was 2011, but <laughs> yeah. like, uh, I just didn't care. And then watching it this time, it was. I, I don't know, I was telling you earlier, I don't know that I've ever had such a bad time watching such a good movie. Yeah, that, it's just, well, it's just because there's no real, um, the, the way the movie works is, like, essentially, yeah, like, because there's no narrative, it's not really trying to sway in any direction the whole time. It's just, it, it's, it takes a very passive role, even yeah. as the viewer, I guess, because, it's not there's no like real protagonist that's like saving the world it's it's actually it it makes a big point of following people very flawed people and mm-hmm. the confusion of learning how to deal with it with, with the virus um there's like i think there's some definitely some characters were worse than others but for sure um, it's just there wasn't really any points where you're like cheering for anyone or excited or it's just kind of and that's not to mean it was bad it was just like it's just the way the movie worked it was uh well yeah, yeah and also unlike a lot of other disaster movies this movie doesn't build towards like an ultimate bad ending where everyone dies or an ultimate good ending where everyone lives and the virus is defeated it just sort of happens even at the end and this isn't spoiling anything even at the end you know the situation is still bad 
even though some good stuff has happened. Like there's no, the world is saved and everyone's cheering or the world is doomed. It's just sort of a bad time. Yeah. So when it ends, um, you're just kind of left with like, you know what? I guess what, okay, I didn't feel, yeah, I didn't feel unsatisfied when it ended, when it ended which was kind of weird. Despite like no. how open-ended, it doesn't really resolve anything. Mm-hmm. To be honest, it just yeah. It just well, kind of Steven Soderbergh does a really good job of uh, making each of his characters get a little resolution. So it's like, even if they don't necessarily, if, even if at the end they don't necessarily succeed or fail in whatever they're doing, it seems like their stories come to an end. Yeah. So um, I guess yeah, like couple stories in it that didn't honestly didn't really end at all it was kind of weird i i guess but like matt damon and marion cotillard even though even though their endings are open they feel like closure um i guess oh i'm, for, I'm, for I'm looking at like specifically with marion cotillard i think uh, anyways um she didn't like her i i honestly don't know why she was in the movie i thought her plot line was very very odd i guess it was just kind of a way of bringing in another perspective of the virus essentially her storyline is she's looking up the virus and then she gets kidnapped um in order to i think she was a hostage and trade for, yeah. to get the, the 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 vaccines first Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, they give they give that storyline maybe like seven minutes of screen time. That might even be being generous, and it it actually doesn't resolve in any way, and you don't get to know the characters in any way. And I guess like again, that's not the type of movie it was trying to be. But I still felt it really odd. Yeah, I get that. I it would felt, say it felt like one of those things where the director had a really like had a cool idea of like oh like. That we have like a morally good character acting in a morally ambiguous way to save this this village of people, um, which was a good idea. But then they were like, "Oh, wait a sec, uh, we don't. This doesn't really fit in the movie, but I don't want to take it out completely. So let's leave some of it in, but we don't have enough time to finish it or something like that." Yeah, I would say we did say earlier that these plot lines don't necessarily all connect. Like Matt Damon isn't. He, he meets Kate Winslet once. He never meets Marion Cotillard, and I don't think he ever meets Lawrence Fishburne. So, like, they're not... This isn't a movie where all the plot lines converge at all. However, all of them seem... Just because they're located in roughly the same place and people's actions are affecting each other, pretty much all of them seem sort of connected or, like, you can understand when there's a jump from one to the other, except for Marion Cotillard. She seems the most disconnected from the entire movie, which is a shame because I didn't actually dislike any of her scenes. It's just it, they felt like they were from a different movie. Yeah, I, that's why I just felt very odd to me. And the ending, like, I honestly kind of forgot about it. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if I should spoil the way the end of, but like it didn't really end either. <laughs> it just like we'll, we'll it leaves you on a cliffhanger. Uh, okay, but yeah. Uh, yeah. What what else? What other plot lines were there? I guess okay. I liked Matt Damon. He was a very solid. I think he was a good character. To just kind of like be the everyday man, everyday guy. Um, yeah, that's important. The crisis. 
And mm-hmm. uh, honestly, he was yeah, because he just seems like a good like. I it, honestly, these roles can be kind of hard to cast sometimes, but like, yeah, trust someone that the audience already sees as like a trustworthy person, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I guess yeah, he didn't really have a character; he was pretty basic. Yeah, but, but it was important that he was there because he's. It the movie needs a generic everyman because it's a movie filled with scientists. Yeah, they're talking exactly. actual science, so yeah. like, it needs someone who can break it down or can say, hey, what does this mean? And yeah, also, nice. importantly, like, importantly, he was immune, so he was going to be fine, but people around him weren't, which was not the case for, like, most of the other characters. So that's another very important perspective to get in there, I think. Yeah, it really showed how... Because, well, his, his concern, like, as, you know, as a, as a, uh, as a father was to save his family, you know? And that yeah. was... Like, so despite his immunity, we were still really vested in him because, you well, know, he was just... He, it shows what was that important no matter to him who, was his family. Yeah, it, it shows that no matter who you are, something like this will affect you. Yeah. Even if you're immune. Yeah. And there was even a chance that his family, what, but his daughter, who's the person he's specifically trying to save, it was immune, but they didn't know. Which he was? No, there's a chance. And oh, like, there's, the movie yeah, there's like a 50-50 it. chance, yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, too, if she's not immune, then the way this virus works is you get it and you die basically instantly. Yeah, which would, you know, kind of suck. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, so yeah, following his character just kind of showed, like, how it affected, yeah, the everyday person, which was nice. Um, I again like there wasn't really much to his story. Oh, it kind of mm-hmm. actually it kind of had a sweet ending. Um, yeah, and even then, like I said, the ending is open there, but it still sort of gives a semblance of closure because it does because everything for him does kind of wrap up. Yeah. And also, um, I really liked how they made you feel how powerless he felt um, because essentially he he was Matt Damon was presented as a rational a rational relatively rational person and and surrounded by people that were very irrational and freaking out you know well yeah and like the thing is they were they were freaking out for good reason he was mad for the same reasons he just wasn't like resorting to punching people in the streets yeah so he was like a good role model I guess for the audience (laughs) yeah which was really nice um, yeah, uh, there was Lawrence Fishburne's arc. I thought his was actually probably, well, I, I want to say he was the main character, but it's hard to say. Um, I kind of agree. I think his arc was definitely the most important because his arc was the one that had, as much as this movie has a narrative, the narrative mm-hmm. of this movie, because that was following the actual uh, prog- progression of the virus. And most importantly, he had a villain. He had Jude Law. He did, kind of. Well, sort of. They, they met. <laughs> yeah, they met, but he was like this looming presence and he was specifically trying to get at Lawrence Fishburne because Jude Law was a conspiracy theorist who thought that the CDC either was responsible or knew more than they were letting on. And like, yeah. he was an asshole, but also he was so good as a villain in this movie. 
Yeah, I loved him. He was, I, I don't know why, maybe he was being British or something. <laughs> He's <laughs> he was the only British guy, but uh, yeah, again, he, so he kind of took the role of showing how, I guess, uh, the disease affects people that, you know, want to gain from it. Because uh, as with any tragedy, there is also a way for people to crawl to the top, right? So he, he used it as a way to get attention from Yeah, because he uh, was a fa- he was a failed journalist. I don't know what he'd done, but he'd been like at the very beginning, I don't think he's just a he's just being fired, but he's like he like goes to um a newspaper that he worked at and like he worked there. He's not welcome in the building. Yeah. But he's just there anyway. Yeah, for information. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So okay. he's Hello. I am still here. I'm sorry. Oh, it was just, cool. I, man, dead air really means something on this, uh, <laughs> yeah, when we're doing right. podcasts like this, eh? Um, but yeah, so he, uh, he, he was like the profiteer and I guess sort of the main villain. I, I wouldn't say I, there was any straight up villains. He actually made some pretty good points. He talks about how there have like, people have been profiting off of disease for generations and it'll never stop so what's so bad about him doing it Um, yeah like so he's he's not wrong but like it doesn't make him right he's just he's highlighting a current problem that's why i at least said i said at least once earlier but that's why i'm saying like in as far as this movie had a villain he was the villain but in reality this movie doesn't actually have villains because they're all just different kinds of people who are living through a pandemic yeah I thought he was still a pretty good guy, <laughs> honestly. I mean, I, I disagree. I thought he was a thorough asshole, but, like, not okay, necessarily right. a villain. Yeah, okay, I meant relative to... Well, no, he, he was a dick. I take it back, now that I'm yeah. thinking about it. I guess he's not portrayed as such from the start. It's kind of... Um, yeah. Early I on, I... Sorry? He does feel like a victim of... Sorry. I, it's kind of refreshing, though, that... He, um, the perspective he takes is in like, well, I guess he's more of a nihilist in that he doesn't truly believe in 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 the the structure the structure of society. So he's trying to both criticize it and also take advantage of it. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't. Uh, it's hard to say because I can definitely see what he was doing if that makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. I like that he has very realistic motivation and that because on, honestly, like uh, essentially his a big part of his role was promoting a, a medicine that he he believed could potentially work. I guess and more importantly, I'm pretty sure he had heavy stock in it. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, it, it might have worked. We don't actually know. I don't think anyone. I knew. mean, I highly no. doubt it did. Like very highly doubt. But. Um, they never, the movie never actually points that out, if that makes sense. They, they basically yeah. say there's no scientific evidence that it does help people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. So I, I did like his character a lot. I, loved, I honestly love that the hazmat suit he started wearing like in the middle of the movie. Honestly, it made him look so much more like an asshole. It really helped. Especially because he was... That. Especially because he was wearing a hazmat suit and also... Um, while he was wearing the hazmat suit, he was handing out flyers saying the CDC is lying to you. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, it was, 
it, he kind of looked like he kind of reminded me of like Mr. Freeze or something. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> but uh, but that I guess that was good costume design or something. I don't know, but yeah, that really worked. Oh, yeah, uh, I am surprised that this movie didn't get like a way better reception. Like, I thought it would at least after seeing this and looking at how well this was written and how well it was acted in a lot of parts, I am very surprised that like it didn't get any mention at award shows at all um like well i don't think it necessarily deserves to win anything but like this should get a screenplay nod anyway i would have thought maybe i i personally i liked it as a concept and like i like how they try something different i guess um yeah they so essentially i like how they refuse to blockbusterize uh this concept of movie which i think would be pretty easy honestly well, I mean, uh, like, disaster movies are a whole genre of blockbusters. Remember exactly. 2012? Yeah, 2012, the, the day after tomorrow. Uh, I think there was a tsunami. Anyways, uh, they could have. This was especially, I think that was, this was around the time when disaster movies were actually kind of big. Yeah, uh, 2012 came out one year later. So, yeah, I found that refreshing. I think they could have struck a better balance between a narrative narrative and the scientific stuff i i I, like Mm. i liked what they did i guess it just bothered me that the the wasted storylines really bothered me um yeah and there were one or two like yeah with marion cotillard i just thought that was wasted screen like she's an amazing actress so was the other the guy that was she was with the asian dude i'm sorry he was in the dark night uh i I knew him but i don't yeah, I know who he is, but I don't know his name. Yeah, so I there was so and the, like the storyline was really interesting, but we literally we we get very very little, and I remember being very confused as to, like because there was a big j- jump in it as well. You kind of I think you you're introduced to it halfway through, kind of, and then it it resolves at the end. There's yeah, like basically two scenes total. And it doesn't really do anything in between. No. So I, I, I thought it was a really cool concept. It didn't really have any payoff, though, or it didn't really explore what they were going for there. Um, there I was another say, one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, would, I think that I would have preferred maybe if that one was either expanded or left out entirely. Because as much as I like the concept, it just kind of didn't work as well as the others. And yeah. I would have really preferred if... Uh, there's a person named Dr. Hextel, I think is her name. Um, and what, where is she? Dr. Hextel. I don't remember who played her. Who, anyway. Is it the blonde one? Oh, uh, Jennifer a- Ale played her. Is she, uh, oh, is she, she the was, one that discovers the vaccine or whatever? Or she's on she's the one that discovers the vaccine. And I wish that her storyline was expanded more because that was very important for one thing, but also like that ties into Lawrence Fishburne's really closely and Kate Winslet's as well. And I would have liked to see more of that so that like when I saw her, not for the first time, but there's one point where she's talking to her dad who's in the hospital and she's saying how she discovered a vaccine. And I was like, who is this person? I'd seen her before, but barely. So yeah. I really would have just wanted her storyline to be expanded more, especially because her storyline had Dimitri Martin in it, who I just want to see more of. Was that the dad or 
No, he was the he was the kid, uh, like the uh, the like younger scientist, the guy who looked like a grad student who was just working oh. on the who was busy sequencing the genome. I think is what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I thought again. I I remember I watched that scene where she talks to her father about you know risking herself for the world, essentially her life for the world, and. Uh, about famous scientists that did it and i was just like who is this exactly (laughs) why was i like i felt like i missed something Uh, and the problem is am i supposed to know who the dad is like i was just very confused yeah and the problem with that is that she was one of the main storylines but she didn't get very much time the movie devoted maybe less time to her than to marion cotillard whose storyline doesn't really go anywhere yeah exactly so it just I don't know. I, I felt it's it's the little things like that. Um, I feel like there was one more. Who else was there? I'm trying. Like I think Jude Law's arc kind of ended a little oddly because I didn't entirely get how he got caught. You know? Or yeah, he, it was he was talking to someone who was wearing. Oh, should I say? I'm sorry. I keep okay, going. Spoilers. At this point, like let's 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 just let people know there's spoilers now. We've been talking probably okay. 20 minutes, so there's spoilers okay, now. God. Yeah. This okay, spoilers so for a nine-year-old movie. Essentially, yeah, he gets caught talking because he was talking to someone who was wearing a wire, and that guy is a Wall Street insider, or he works. I I don't know, and then I wasn't sure who like if they were friends before or something, but then, yeah, Jude Law gets caught because of him, and then I still really wasn't sure what the charges were for. Um, I guess it it wasn't very blatant, um, and it felt like slightly odd way, especially at the end. Why was he taking pictures? It felt like a little... It, it definitely felt abrupt, at least. Yeah, but did you get like... the ending scene? Did you understand that, or...? No, I, just being, I, like, I, am I just being stupid. I don't, I don't even remember him taking pictures. So I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. No. Jeez. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. Cause he made bail. Be thanks to his followers. And then he goes out and he starts taking pictures of everything. And I guess that was to show that he got away with it maybe. And he was going to post those to his blog. Like, no, I know. No idea. There's, there's a couple pretty large rev- resolution problems i guess Mm -hmm. um and that yeah that just really bothered me because if they were going they could have stuck with what they were doing i thought it was fine but don't introduce these arcs that bring up these cool because i think the point of the movie is to bring up cool ideas and see how they would pan out in in the world and they would do that but then wouldn't really resolve it or actually even look at it um yeah because again, like, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say we keep coming back, or one of us at least always keeps coming back to Marion Cotillard, and like, her uh, storyline examines like domestic terrorism during a pandemic, which is really interesting. But then it just kind of yeah. doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it's just kind of confusing how to feel mm-hmm. in the end. Um, because yeah, lots of potential. Uh, for those storylines, kind of left to the side, and it's not like I don't think the movie dragged it all. Honestly, like they could have left it in, like they could have added more stuff. 
Yeah, the movie was, it wasn't even two hours long. No, exactly. It was like one hour 40. Um, So really, like if they wanted to, they had the time to expand on both of those storylines that I said they needed to expand on and probably to resolve all the rest of the plot lines without going in, without creating an extremely long or long feeling movie. Yeah, very much so. So I, I, will for, I will be forever confused as to why that happened. Um, maybe I guess it could have been just a creative decision. I don't know. I, I actually, I'd really like to talk to... <laughs> I, I got to talk to him in person. I need to see what he was thinking. All right, we're back. Uh, brief technical difficulties, but we are back. And um, yeah, I mean, we're now in full spoiler territory. Uh, we, Like I said, it's hard to spoil this movie, so I don't know what else we actually have to say. Um, yeah, Pierre, what do you still have to say oh, on this movie? I was confused with the fucking uh, the janitor storyline. Didn't, I didn't get that at the end either. I was um, very confused. If you, want to, if you want to explain, please. Yeah, so... Again, that was another Lauren... storyline that felt kind of shoved in and didn't really resolve properly. I, I did kind of think it would... I, I thought it made sense to be there. I don't disagree with you. I think it could have been worked, out, worked on a little more. But um, so there's this janitor. So Lawrence Fishburne is talking with Brian Cranston. And I think Brian Cranston is a military general or something. He's a yeah. person from the U.S. government anyway. Um, and, uh, oh, what was I going to say? Um, as Lawrence Fishburne is talking to him, Brian Cranston is trying to ask him, he, he's trying to kind of figure out what the options are here. Like, what do they have to do with uh, the United States? Like, do they need a quarantine? Do they need to lock down cities? Is there a way that they could just cover it up and it'll all go away? And so it's kind of a rough conversation and not, and one that should be very private. And Lawrence Fishburne is like talking to him and trying to, and I think at some point he sort of implies that you could cover everything up or something and it would probably go away. I don't know if he actually says that, but it kind of seems like he's implying it. And the whole time there's a janitor hanging out and just overhearing, yeah, listening in on this whole conversation and, um, he uses that information to blackmail Lawrence Fishburne into getting him and his son uh, vaccines once they exist. Oh, okay, cool. That makes sense. Wait, so, but did, did, the, did the army know? Because they gave him multiple vaccines, right? Did they know the whole time he was going to give them to him? That the is manager? a good question. I'm going to guess no. I think okay. Lawrence Fishburne, like, steals them. Oh, okay, cool. Because there's... There's, um, I, I read up on this movie a little bit afterwards, and there is, uh, Steven Soderbergh made a huge point to put at least one huge character flaw, or like, not specifically character flaw, but something that goes against each character's specific moral compass into yeah. each character. Like, okay. with Lawrence Fishburne, he's trying to get vaccines out to everybody as fairly as possible, but he's also being blackmailed and gives out vaccines to the person blackmailing. Yeah. So okay, that's so his that's his flaw in a way. I think I get it. Um 
Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. Uh, following that then, I definitely thought I loved how Lauren Fishburne as essentially like the main person in charge of solving the crisis, how, mm-hmm. how much um, internal conflict he had to go through during the movie. Um, because yeah. there was, is he, because he wasn't just against like, he had to, you know, prepare his team or whatever to fight the virus um, effectively. But, but then also how he personally had to choose between protecting his loved ones as a, his priority or being fair to everyone while potentially making, putting his loved ones in danger. Right. Yeah. Um, his Lawrence Fishburne. Did I already say this about someone else? I think Lawrence Fishburne had the best storyline in the movie. I think I yeah. said that about Lawrence Fishburne. So I'm consistent here. Yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah. And then also with, uh, Oh, Elizabeth Winstead. I forgot. Oh, about was her. she in it? I didn't even she know she was. was in it. I think it's her. She's the one from Titanic, right? No, not Winstead. No, that's, that's Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet, shit. Um, Kate Winslet was in the movie, and she, again, spoilers, so she dies about a third in. I was really surprised when that happened because she was also one of the higher ups. She definitely, for a while, while she, while she was alive, she seemed like the main character. Yeah. For a while. So she had uh, easily as much screen time as Matt Damon again while she was alive. And like she was the one who was sort of carrying on Lawrence Fishburne's storyline where she's constantly um working to advance the storyline of what's going on with the virus. Yeah. So she did for a while basically seem like the main character. Until... And then out of nowhere she just dies. Like it just yeah. happens very suddenly. Yeah. So yeah, essentially, um, Lawrence Fishburne has to deal with. I guess that was kind of a, hurt, a hurtful start because yeah, you could tell he really cared about her, but there was nothing he could really do to protect her. And yeah, I guess I guess that was it. I I thought that was actually really cool. I I loved how they mm-hmm. brought in big stars and essentially they carry the storylines and essentially it was like anyone anyone can get screwed over. We don't know what's gonna happen. Good luck, you know. Um, yeah so that that was that was refreshing uh but yeah definitely Lawrence Fishburne's storyline if they if they kept his storyline because I like the way they did it even though again it wasn't narratively driven essentially Mm -hmm. uh if they kept that consistent with the other plot lines I thought this would have been like a very very good movie I guess right now I could say it's solid it's just with some obvious flaws unfortunately Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say it made me. I wouldn't say it made me dislike the movie. It was just kind of more confused and like questioning yeah. why. Because they, because honestly, they didn't take up enough time to really concern myself with. I just, it was just a very, it was honestly a very surprisingly conceptual movie, despite mm-hmm. its simplicity. Uh, so yeah, I guess yeah. in the end, um, I thought it was really good. I love the soundtrack. I forgot to say that. Oh my god, the soundtrack. I'm actually like convinced that the soundtrack to this movie inspired the soundtrack for Plague Inc. because they are so similar. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there you go. Well, when was Plague Inc. created? Probably 2013 ish, maybe 2017. I'd have to check, but after this movie. Soundtrack was good. The acting was solid. I thought the visuals were amazing, like stuff like set design and stuff. It really. Oh, yeah. 
like those those outdoor scenes where you could just like stuff was like there was that one scene where Matt Damon takes his daughter to the the grocery store and uh, you see it and it's you know especially after seeing like what happened now it was it was chilling in that like we see how how much worse it could have been if that makes sense um, we actually yeah have the grocery good... store is the grocery store is basically empty and it looks rated like it yeah. looks like a grocery store out of a zombie movie people stole stuff from there. Uh, yeah, and I think I think Matt Damon leaves without paying, so Matt Damon steals stuff too. He also steals stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was really chilling. Um, there were the scenes and the scenes outside where, uh, like, those that mass burial was really creepy, and um, there's that other one where they're the army's giving away supplies and people rush, rush the truck when they hear they're at. Oh, and the pharmacy scene too. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the the one where the army is giving out supplies that. I love how people rush the truck, the supply truck, the moment that the army says they are out of supplies. Yeah. Matt Damon, Matt Damon looks at him and he's like, there, there's no there's supplies there. in there, guys. Yeah. I love, well, it's just like the movie really shows how people don't, again, don't act rational once. When shit goes down, you know, we kind of turn, we can turn into savages. Yeah, it shows, it shows a breakdown of society that, I'm starting to realize is possible. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's exaggerated. It's not, it's not something that we're, we're I'm ho- I don't think the world is going to get as bad as in contagion. No. However, like it is plausible and it progresses to there realistically. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's, that's why I'm saying this movie is super rough to watch. Yeah. Uh, bad timing, but I mean, I guess it shows the worst case, you know? Yeah, and... it's definitely a worst case scenario. Yeah. So, uh, it, uh, like, do you think this movie would have had the same impact, like, at all on you, at least, if you had seen it not now? Like, Clearly even close, not. Even close, though? Not even a little bit. Like I said, oh, okay. I watched this closer to when it came out, and oh, okay. um, I fell asleep. Like, it was just sort of, there was, there's not that much going on. I mean, okay, I, was, I was also younger, so I wasn't appreciating movies quite the same way I am now. I think that I, I, think that I would still like it if this whole stuff wasn't going on now. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, I, I definitely do not think that it would have had the same impact. Okay, tight. That makes sense. Um, yeah, honestly, same. I don't even know if I would have liked it if... Um... I hadn't seen, like, it didn't relate to me as hard as it did now. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Good movie. Um, I don't know if I'd watch it again, but definitely, like, an interesting experience, at least right now. So, I mean, I mean, I guess you literally just answered this, but would you recommend this movie? What do you think? Uh, I would. It's a, yeah, it's a cool watch. It's different. Feels very relevant. Um, definite recommend. Check it out. Yeah. I would also recommend this movie. I don't know. Like, it depends how you're doing at this moment, whether or not you should watch it now, if you're listening to this in summer of 2020. But it is a very good movie, and I would definitely recommend it. Yeah. And it's on Netflix, so, like, easy to watch. It's not that long, so, like, you know, not a big investment, honestly. It was surprisingly short. It felt long, not in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
it was only like an hour and a half, maybe a little more. Yeah. And it was, yeah. I guess it was because of the passage of the time. They actually did that pretty well too, I thought. Yeah. Uh, it didn't feel, it didn't feel like, or it felt, it felt like the movie happened over a long period without like any explicit mentions. It just kind of portrays it through the state of civilization. <laughs> Yeah, point. but it portrays it in such a way that, like, I'm, I was never lost about how much time went by. Like, yeah. obviously, I didn't know exact numbers of days, but I was like, okay, we're about this far in. Yeah. So that was really cool. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, recommend. Uh, good movie. And I don't know All what right. we're watching next week. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's plenty of new movies that came out, but we have to pay through the nose for those now. So we'll see about maybe one of those, but it might just have to be need for speed. Yeah. Honestly, if we're going to do it, it's now. That's true. (laughs) All right. Well, I guess we will see you guys next week. Next week. We'll actually, actually, if you're hearing this next week is probably going to be a movie that we recorded before this whole thing happened. Yeah. We still got a little bit of a backlog. Yeah. So it'll be nice oh, I even know, I even know what movie it's gonna be, but I'm not gonna reveal it because you guys are gonna hear it next week. Aww. All right. See you guys then. Yeah.